What's your name? Today's show is made possible by Rent the Runway Unlimited. We love this site, the concept, the whole thing. A lot of you guys know Rent the Runway as being great for renting formal wear, but what a lot of people don't realize is that it is a great service for everyday clothing. I use Rent the Runway Unlimited to add a fun pop of clothing on a week-to-week basis. I was just in New York City, and I got a cute Vince top, Elizabeth and James backpack, and Marnie earrings for my weekend excursion and it felt like a whole new wardrobe. I rented a Lofler Randall bag and a Pamela Love Ring and I love them so much. I have been wearing them every single day and I'm strongly considering purchasing them. Which you can do at a discount if you love it. Oh my God. And speaking of discounts, it's your guys' lucky day because if you use the code retrograde, you will get 25% off your first month's membership to rent the runway. Yes, and they're adding new items every day. It's just so fun to peruse on. You guys are going to love it. So download their app. Visit rentthrunway.com slash unlimited for 25% off your first month with promo code retrograde. Namaste renting the runway. And having a cute wardrobe. Yes. Hello. It actually is so retrograde. I would love it a lot if it could no longer be retrograde. I want that so retrograde to continue on infinitely to the end right. of time, forever and ever. But the Mercurian retrograde scenario, I'm I'm good with that. Thanks so much. G bye. G bye. Well, <laughs> this is that so retrograde. In case you hadn't noticed. In case that catchy tune didn't fill you in at the top of the show in case our melodic voices I'm Elizabeth you know. <laughs> I'm Stephanie Sambari and you guys we've got a really fun show for we've you we've got today. a really fun show um, we're a recording this deep show yes in this retrograde and um, what was my reword oh, I made a fun joke before that I forgot re Visiting not wearing any underwear because I no longer have any clean pairs. <laughs> because the retrograde makes you not want to do laundry. I haven't done Anybody shit, else? you guys. It's fucked up. Well, I, my reward is I was in a reunion mm-hmm. with all my friends from high school and prior and, in New York. And for it was so my fun. friend Rachel's wedding. I was trying to think if there was Rachel. a read there. Get it? Rachel. <laughs> um, so that was really fun, but we're back. It's, we're here. We're in the sweltering heat. And just to like shake things up a bit, change the tune, why not just come in a little differently to the interview? We have one of our most favorite creative minds here with us. And so we'll just let him do his thing and then we'll talk all about it after. I love where your head's at, Elizabeth. Here we go. One thing remains the same. Tell me. I really love you. I really (laughs) love you too, Steph. All right, let's record this next part. (laughs) Right before I die, I'm going to tell a joke so that everyone on my bedside can laugh before I go. Most depart on somber notes, but life is serious enough, and we take our seriousness so serious and stuff. Just because you're serious doesn't mean you're tough. It requires more courage to laugh when times get rough. 
Because laughter doubles as an outlet when energy is stuck, can disrupt your pattern long enough to shift how you look. And if you shift how you look, you shift how you look. That way people see you differently and it changes shit up. The glass is either half empty or half filled up. I'm just grateful that I have a cup. So many brag about how they don't give a fuck because they have no fucks to give. May I give so many fucks that you would think I have none left. But my fucks are exponential, so I'll give until my death because I'll have infinite fucks until my very last breath. And that's when I'll tell my joke. And it will be so good that the waiting room will laugh like they never knew they could. And they'll have to tell their friends. And their friends will laugh too. And pretty soon the whole world will be laughing. It's true. And they'll laugh until they cry. And they'll cry until they scream. And they'll scream until they love. And they'll love until they dream. It was just a little joke. I didn't know what it could mean. It was just a little joke. Now the joke is on me. Because the laughter was contagious, so it spread across the lands. My punchline was so outrageous, people couldn't even stand. They started rolling on the floors. They started giving up beliefs. They started begging me for more, but I was already deceased. It didn't matter, rich or poor. Forget the languages they speak, because the heart can understand. So it rippled through the streets, and they laughed beyond their fears, and they laughed beyond their grief, and they laughed beyond their wars. They laughed themselves right into peace. We are pieces in a puzzle, but we've never seen the box we're addicted to the struggle and we love the paradox but i put that in my joke so the irony was obvious no mirrors and no smoke the clarity was so hilarious that people fucking choked then they laughed about the choking it was universal dope that humanity was smoking so humanity was open overwhelmed by the emotions they heard the laughter coming from the mountains and the oceans they heard the laughter coming from the skies and seas even the universe was laughing as it fell to its knees and right then the laughter stopped it was almost all at once At first, it was a shock. The transition was abrupt. But eventually, they settled in, united in their work. They had a lot to do together as they built this better earth. I never saw it happen, but I was sure it did. I held my wife and kids' hands as I closed my eyelids. And I dreamt about this world and the things we could create if I could find the right joke before my soul evacuated. So I opened up my mouth, but I had nothing left to say. So my joke was in the silence as I slowly slipped away. That was NQ. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> so NQ's a poet. Apparently. Apparently. <laughs> we thought it would be exciting to start the show a little differently today. I so. want to have LOL written on my tombstone, so <laughs> same. Hmm. Thank you for that. Um, you're a dear friend of ours, but also you have a live show coming up in Los Angeles September 16th at the Ace Theater. Yes. And that, so is that a new piece that you just did that's going to be? Yeah, it's relatively new. I wrote it about a month ago. What was the inspiration behind that? Um, well, it completely takes away the mystery if I tell you. Yeah, you don't ask a magician his tricks. You don't? No, that's like cardinal rule. <laughs> 
So I should stop doing that at the Magic Castle every How time I'm there? How did you do that? Wait a second. <laughs> Let me see that again. No, I'll tell you. So <laughs> I was on a flight from L.A. to New York, and uh, I wanted to watch something really stupid. So I decided to watch Independence Day 2. Oh, our friends wrote that. I enjoyed watching it, and I actually like watching movies sometimes that don't make me think. Yeah. I think that's actually a necessity in culture mm-hmm. is to have certain art that doesn't make you think and just allows you to kind of like zone out and uh and enjoy yourself and meditate and forget about your problems or any issues for a moment so i'm watching this movie and there is a brilliant point in the movie and the brilliant point in the movie is one of the characters is about to die and right before he dies he tells a fucking joke and the guy laughed that was holding him as he dies in his arms Mm. And I just went, you know, before I die, I want to tell a joke. I'm going to have like 10 ready. And if I'm lying in my bed, I'm going to make sure that the last thing that I say, other than I love you, is something that can possibly make people laugh. Because why not go out like that? You know, and then that's where the poem came from, is I thought right before I die, I want to tell a joke. And then, you know as we talked about you know we just give it time and space and the poem will start to round itself out is it formulaic for you when you're writing poems what do you mean like is there a set process or is it will it just be some random thing happens that is inspiration and you kind of go on the ride with your brain or is it like the inspiration comes in and then da 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 well there's different ways that i write because you know, the process is always going to be different if I have a different product that I'm going for. So, like, if there's a social or a political issue that I'm inspired to write about, um, that's a different process than, you know, flying on a plane and being inspired by Independence Day 2. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and then if I get an assignment, like, you know, we just did a partnership with Samsung and A&E, Uh, on a project called Look Closer. And, you know, they specifically wanted me to write about something, but I felt aligned with them. It would be something that I would write about anyway because it was about looking beyond, you know, our religions and our colors and our economic status and to get to the human story. And so I wanted to write that about all of the differences that people are experiencing in America right now and that actually we're so much more similar than we give ourselves credit for and that we need to be building bridges not walls so that process is different you know because i have some confines but the confines are confines that i would place on myself uh if i was writing something that i believed in um and i'm just in partnership with somebody else and then in q how did you get that name so in q was given to me it is now short for in question but it started out as inquiry And I was just a really curious kid in in high school. You know, we were looking for a rap name for me. And one of my buddies was like, you should be Inquiry. Because you're always asking questions about (laughs) life. and (laughs) You know, about people. And, you know, if I sit down with somebody uh, and I'm actually curious, I can find out everything about them before they know anything about me. Which is one of the reasons that I like traveling in the world. Because... I heard Louis C.K. say this, and I thought it was really brilliant. If you're an artist, you usually will create from observation. And once you become famous, you're being observed. 
so it becomes more difficult to create and uh so you know when i'm traveling in different circles that either know me or i perform i have kind of a different experience in in chatting with people but when i'm in the world and no one knows anything about me or what i do or what i have or who i am or where i'm from i think that's almost the best reflection that the world can give you for how you're showing up and i love to just sit with people and like you know learn all about them and usually if i share something and then i ask a real question uh the dominoes start to fall so, so how did this happen for you? Yeah, what? How? how I, I'm very curious to the at the moment where you were like poetry. <laughs> like, it's really hard to take you guys seriously. Is it? <laughs> Why? We are because you're this. so playful. Your vibe is so playful, so it's hard to like answer. In a, yeah, exactly. Okay. Do you, should I do a British accent? Would that like keep it I, uh, equal? <laughs> I'm I'm down. Yeah, sure. I'll, what was the question again? The question that um, we were curious about was. At what point, because you're obviously living in your calling. You're, you're so talented at what you do. It's so inspiring to watch you do what you do and to watch you create and perform these creations. What, what point were you like, I'm going to take this road? Um, well, okay, so I started out as a rapper when I was 13 years old. Yeah, oh, yeah, wow. 100%. And that was what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. And I focused all of my energy on that because I was just absolutely in love with the art form and expressing myself through that genre. And, um, and then when I was 19, I wound up in an open mic for poets and I started doing my rapping acapella. And that community was an incredible community. It was very inspiring for me to go every single week and get to put up stuff and then watch other people's work. And I saw my art grow at kind of an exponential pace. So I just kept coming back. And I think I liked the fact that I could talk about anything through my words and through my rhymes. And so uh, that was inspiring for me to continue to go every week. And so I just kept going. And then over the years, I kind of realized that I was more of a poet than an MC. I ended up getting Mm -hmm. on Deaf Poetry Jam and we won the National Poetry Slam Championships. And I would say that that community, which is called the Poetry Lounge, Uh, which is the longest and biggest running open mic for poetry in Los Angeles, uh, was really uh, a central part for creating the style that I have now. So you just paved your own path. You combined two things and made it your own. Yeah, yeah. And I think I've combined uh, probably comedic aspects as well, Uh, just storytelling in general. And... um, you know, whatever it is that, that kind of moves me. I just kind of walk through life and I'm open to the things that uh, move me. And then I kind of write those things down and, and then they become poems when I give it some time and some space. I've noticed actually in the past few times I've gotten to see you perform, the comedy level has, has kind of elevated. Was that a conscious thing? Like you're, Maybe it's more of a comfort in the in the work and what Mm. you're doing but you're so playful with the audience and just you hit these different beats in such a comedic way that it's really fun to watch thank you because your topics you're covering are a little bit more on the serious side so when they're meshed with the delivery in like a fun way it's uh it's just like a dream to watch i brought 
my boyfriend I was like, can you come to this poetry show? It's my friend's show. And he was like, uh, can we sit on the end in case we want to leave early? Like, that was his whole vibe. And he, like, jaw on the floor, didn't want to leave, was just so impressed. And everybody who's introduced to your work, I've seen have a similar reaction, Amazing. which is pretty special, especially because it's so unique. I remember um, when you did the Mark Taper Forum here in Los Angeles, it was the f- bit largest poetry show in los angeles ever i mean yeah it's probably debatable because i i would have to look back and right. see what other poetry shows were around but nobody was doing 750 person one-man poetry shows mm-hmm. and we were able to sell that out and we had a 200 person waiting list and uh what's exciting now is that we're doing the ace theater on september 16th which is 1600 seats here in downtown la yeah and we're filming it with 11 cameras and a 30-foot crane and we want to capture it and sell it as the first poetry special to a major network i mean we definitely have enough green light specials we need a poetry (laughs) special (laughs) to mess it up i think the genre is you know if i think back on like some of my favorite art experiences it was with poetry and i think that there's a misconception of what poetry is and there's certainly a misconception of what poetry can be and that's why your boyfriend has that response yeah and he should have that response based on whatever his experiences have been. You know, it's really difficult for me to explain what it is that I do, but I'm not the only person that does it. There's a lot of other people out there who are, you know, equally or more talented than I am, and they tell the human story. And if you want to break a genre, you have to make a star. And if you make a star, you have an anomaly. But if you break three or four stars, then you have a movement, and then the genre will have legs. Mm -hmm. And uh, personally, that's what I hope for this genre, because... I think that the world needs empathy more than anything else right now, and poetry can provide that. So are you going on tour doing this? Is that how, is it like, because I'm just coming from the world of comedy, so I imagine it's pretty much the same in terms of like... Yeah, except there's no market for what I do. (laughs) Right, so how do you create that? How are you doing that? Uh, Well, it took a really long time to figure it out. Yeah. Um, I would say when I realized that I was not only more passionate about poetry, but also I couldn't quite figure out how to make my dreams come true as a hip hop artist. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, life kind of points you in the right direction and you can fight against the river or you can kind of let go and take the ride. And, uh, you know, that's oversimplifying it, but eventually I let go and I, I realized that I wanted to explore poetry but I didn't know how to make a living doing it. And uh, I was really lucky. I ended up getting a publishing deal with a company uh, production team um, called Rock Mafia. And they're one of the best uh, pop and really just music producer duos around. And they have a studio in Santa Monica. And they brought me in to start uh, writing lyrics for artists that they were working with. And you did one of my favorite pop songs. If I'm right, Selena Gomez, Love You Like a Love Song. I co-wrote that, yeah. That's, yeah. that's like a genius, uh, I love that phrase. Thank you. I Love You uh, Like a Love Song is just yeah. like, gives me heart tingles. Antonina Armato came up with that. She's an amazing, amazing writer. Uh, but we wrote the song together with her and Tim James and uh, Selena came in on it. And uh, yeah, it was a really, really successful song. And I had the opportunity to write with Miley Cyrus and... Aloe Black and uh, just co-wrote Foster the People's new single and a bunch of songs for Disney and 
you know, all sorts of different uh, artists came in. And I, at the beginning, really, to be honest, felt like I was selling out my religion, which was mm. hip hop. But ultimately, uh, writing pop songs and imagining myself in the position of an artist that I couldn't necessarily relate to uh, and having to find those connections made me better at my poetry when I went back to it because I had more tools in my toolbox to use. Uh, and then that also gave me like financial foundation and freedom to pursue poetry in a different way. And if I hadn't had that financial foundation, I think I would have still been a desperation. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's easy to create from desperation, uh, but it's not necessarily easy to manifest from desperation. No, no. I love what you said about letting go and letting it reveal itself to you. I think that's like a barrier to entry for a lot of people for a lot of the things that they like think that they're meant to be doing where it's like you think it's going to look one way and then but then like you're up against the world and you're like, wait, that's not actually what's being called to me. And that's like really important thing to just talk about allowing your path to be your own thing because the creative the creative process has nothing to do with what you think it's going to look like. Mm -hmm. And that's really cool. And yeah. then it did. It is now. You're a grown fucking man doing what you are meant to be doing. It doesn't necessarily reflect what you thought you were going to be doing at the age of nineteen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I was able to then, I guess, parlay whatever success I had into figuring out the path. Yeah. To poetry, and now I do everything from putting on my own shows to getting hired to do workshops, and I've done that you know, from prisons to, you know, the highest corporations, you know, and uh, finding that way to get past whatever the environment is and connect to the person and give them an opportunity to be vulnerable from a place of strength and to celebrate that. So that's you know? what you're doing in your workshops. That's what I do in the workshops. And then, you know, I get hired by events and, uh, and, at all sorts of different things parties and whatever but i'm literally traveling around the country and the world like 60 65 of the time at this point i got to do i actually talked about it on this show i got to do um your workshop that you did at wanderlust yeah that was such a beautiful unexpected even like therapeutic event it was so can you walk us through what those look like? Because it just, I left feeling so tapped into something within me that I wasn't expecting. Mm, cool. What'd you feel tapped into? The, my ability to express myself through words in a way that I wasn't, like I hadn't exercised probably since elementary school. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was like, we decided to do a retreat, you know, and I, I've done different things like that where I'll team up with either a meditation teacher or a, a yoga teacher, and we'll do retreats. I did one in upstate New York that was, I think, about 30 people this year, and it was a five-day thing, and people got their mantra, and we did, like, different uh, prompts for the workshops that had a conceptual through line over a few days that were kind of meant to lead people to discovering their own infinite possibilities, which uh, sounds corny but it's fucking amazing when people are experiencing it um and so we did that and then we did one on hawaii and so i wanted to do something in la because i get hired often to do these things and it's cool when i get hired to do it because i go into a company and you know you have people that work with each other every single day and they really don't know each other 
They have no context for who the other person is. So they wind up like getting into silly little egotistical beefs in their own mind, <laughs> you know, where they're not really communicating or considering the other person and where they come from. And, you know, what the workshop does, it allows them to move out of those stories and get into the context of why people are the way that they are mm. and to care about each other and connect on a family level, a community level. And then when they go back into the office, they're able to connect on that level beyond the work. And that allows them to communicate and consider with, you know, the other person a little bit better. So uh, since I'm getting hired to do those things all the time, I wanted to provide an opportunity for people who are just fans to come and do something like that. And instead of just doing the normal two-hour thing, I wanted to make a whole day of it. And so we got other speakers, Sean Stevenson, people that I was inspired by to come in and, and create kind of like a whole experience, which is what you came to. And uh, I just like open people up with, with poetry and hopefully get them tapped in. And then I give them a prompt that I want them to write on. And then I do an example of the prompt. And then I give them a period of time to write. And then when they're done, the people that want to get up and share have the opportunity to get up and share. And the environment, like I said, is very celebratory. So uh, anyone who is in the audience is just as invested as the person that's on stage. And that was one of the parts I loved so much. You encouraged everyone get, who was watching the person get up on stage. Like, what was what was it that you said? You said, "Act like like you gave us a prompt to essentially be cheering them on in a way we would be cheering on like if our child was up there." Yeah, just like really creating a space that supported the share, which was no nobody was a poet. I mean, I don't know how one can or everybody or everybody. I was just going to say. So we were so every so a lot of people were doing this for the first time. Let's right. Say. Yeah. And um, so many just little breakthroughs that were happening, and then also just sharing with a stranger. That was probably one of my favorite parts of just having the opportunity to listen and connect and share with just a random other soul in the room and then to like have that moment of like, I see you, I hear you was just kind of like did my soul correctly that day. Yeah. It's nice to share with people. People think vulnerability is weak, Mm. but if you own it, I think there's a lot of strength that comes along with uh, being able to speak your mind and speak your heart. Uh, But you have to have the intention and, um, and you have to stand in your power. So I try to provide people with the platform to do that. And, you know, if people feel inspired when they walk away, it has much more to do with them and whatever it is that they've created than it has to do with me. I'm just, you know, uh, giving them the space. And if you give people the space to express themselves and you give them the permission and you lead by example, they will absolutely jump in, you know, um, so it's, it's beautiful. I love doing them. They're very, very satisfying for me. It's really, well, it's, it's in my eyes, it's seeing like you're such a vibrant talent and then taking that and like sharing it in a way that most don't do with their talent, hmm. like taking it and being like, you can do this too. Here's the tools. Here's how to think like, that's so special. Yeah. Look, a lot of people will like come up to me after shows or after workshops and whatever their experience has been, not a lot of people, but some people, they'll project their experience onto me. Mm-hmm. Like I did something. Right. It really is just like people hear 
what they're already thinking and they're just unaware that they've been thinking. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like if somebody takes something from art, it's usually something that's already been planted as a seed inside of them. And there's a, a recognition of themselves in the art that they're seeing. And then that seed will start to grow. And sometimes they think that that's the art, but it's not. Good art is supposed to make people well, feel less both. alone. I mean, it's both. It, it wouldn't, it's not like it's not, you're not doing something, you are doing something. Well, maybe it's the art, but it's not the artist. Well, I mean, I think give yourself a little bit more credit. You're providing no. encouragement and, and, and confidence. And people maybe can't recognize that thing in themselves because they were never taught to tap into that thing. So you're like giving them permission, which is really important. And not well, everybody is yeah. like, has like wordsmith, wordsmith genius running through them. Like, I totally get the idea of, like, I, as Ryan Weiss said to me, like, the idea of genius, it's like, we don't, you, one is not a genius, the genius runs through you. Right. So, like, you're, a, so if you want to take it that way, like, it's not you, you've got something wonderful running through you. Well, thank you. I think if you give enough time to something, it starts mm-hmm. to happen on its own. So, we're big into journaling. We, we talk a lot about this a lot, writing daily. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested if you could share like a prompt you give at one of your workshops. Yeah, I wouldn't even need to of. do that. The only thing that I would say mm-hmm. is if you want to write something that is meaningful to you, choose something that is meaningful to you. It's really as simple as that. Like people overcomplicate it. And, uh, you know, last night I was doing a show and I finished I was talking to this guy and I really like enjoyed our conversation we were like chatting about the world and uh we were talking about what's going on in Texas right now and uh in our conversation I happened to say you know I wish that it didn't take a disaster for us to come together and then I was like that's a poem yeah because that's meaningful to me. Mm-hmm. And so I write that down and then later I will like focus on that and expand on that idea. And uh, so you choose something that's personal to you. You choose an issue in life that, you know, actually like moves you. And if you do that and you give time and space, the poem will write itself, you know, or the journal will, your, your pen will start to move, you know. Um, you just have to be willing to go to that place and then get out of the way. How do you deal with your critical mind? Um, well, what do you mean? Like, okay, when I'm writing stuff, jokes Mm -hmm. or stories or whatever, I'll like write it. And then with jokes, it's a little easier because it's like, yes, I think that's funny. No, I don't think that's funny. Or, and then you go on stage and you try it. It's a little bit more like immediate. But like with other stuff, I'll re- I'll write it and then I'll read it and then I'll be like, that's garbage. And then I'll just, <laughs> then it's gone forever. Like I, I don't necessarily think that it's just that easy to be like, that's meaningful to me. And so, um, yay. <laughs> and then I just keep going. Like it's more challenging to not be critical of what I just did. Well, like if for it's example. Serious, like it's a joke. It's not serious. So I don't fucking care. What's going on in your life that's meaningful to you right now? Now you might not want to share this. Right. But that, that's a question I would ask you. And right. if you actually thought about that question for a while, 
Like, what do you think about? What are you working on in your life? Right. What are, what are your dreams? What are your fears? Right. What's something from the past that actually <laughs> still, <laughs> you know, still holds emotion? Mm-hmm. You know, what's the situation? You know, there, there, anything like that that you would choose. What's going on in the world right now that really you wish you could change mm-hmm. if you had the power? Yeah. Any of those things, if you choose to then write something about it, it's charged. Right. Mm-hmm. The, the, the problem with writing is if you write from a place of indifference, if you don't really care about well, what it is that? that you're writing, yeah. you're not going to be inspired to actually write it. And even if you do write something, it's not going to be, uh, it's not going to be like channeled from another place. It's just right. going to be like work. Like, and the last thing that you want creativity to feel like is work unless you have an assignment and a deadline and you have to get it done and then you just call it what it is and, and, you know, put one foot in front of the other. Right. Okay. No, that's a, that's a, that's a valuable, that's valuable in a different way. I was asking a different question, but what it's was your, what's it was your more just like self judgment. So the judgment of like, like you know, when you write something, aren't you, are you ever like critical or judgmental like the way that you talk about it is so just like beautiful and free and you're like letting it flow Mm -hmm. which is amazing I'm just also wondering if you're overcoming any sort of like personal egoic bullshit blocks that you put up for yourself not for my work okay I have a lot of personal egoic bullshit blocks in my life right but for my work I look at them as puzzles Mm -hmm. and if I have something that I want to say I wait until I have it right before I say it's finished for myself. And by the way, 95% of the time, if I say it's finished, it's finished. But I always will edit as I'm performing. Right. There's still like words or phrases that can change over the years. Um, so, yeah, but the, but the actual process for me is like... You know, I can write something that's really dope. And there's definitely times when I write shit that I'm like, oh, that was dope. But it's not right Mm. for the piece. And there's a difference. And so really it's me being aware as I'm writing when my ego is getting in the way of the piece saying what the piece wants to say. Cool. You know? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely like... I don't know if I'm driving the car. Sometimes I'm driving. Sometimes I'm the passenger. But I know where we're going. Yeah. You know? And if I want to go somewhere else because something's flashy and interesting to me, but it's not actually where we need to go. Yeah. Even if I don't know ultimately what the last thing that I want to say in the poem is, I have a feeling we should move this way. Mm -hmm. You know? So I'll try to, like, stick with that to the best of my ability. I was just telling my friend, we were talking about writing the other day, and she was talking about writing songs. I was talking about writing jokes. And I was like, for, there was a, I wrote a joke like three years ago that I thought was like so good yeah. that I was convinced I didn't write it. Mm-hmm. So I was going around asking everyone if they'd ever heard that joke before. Yeah. I was like, has anyone ever said this before? And everyone's like, no. And I was like, no, I swear, like I did not write this joke. And it's like that exact thing where it's like, for some reason, just like, and it's something stupid is about me like sucking cheese's dick or something like varied. But in my mind, I was like, this is like That's a brilliant, like, classic. classic. Mm-hmm. And it is like, I was having a hard time trusting exactly what you're saying, which is just that like, just came together in the right. And every time I would say it, I was like, I think I've heard that before, but like, 
That was mine. Yeah. That was yeah. my joke. Oh, you, so. you, yeah, I get it. A lot of people yeah. have that experience of <laughs> sucking the dick. Sorry about cheese. that. You know, hard cheddar and whatnot. I kind of want you to f- finish out the joke because I'm like, what joke? Like right now, say the joke. Oh, it was, um, I'm lactose intolerant, but I keep eating cheese. This is totally abridged. Fuck. <laughs> and that now I'm telling, now I like have built it up to be like this great joke, but it's it was five good. years ago. Um, like I, I keep eating it, but if that was anything else, like I would stop. Like if I was sucking a guy's dick and it was making me sick and making me fat, I would stop. Mm. But like not cheese, I just <laughs> keep going. Honey, <laughs> it's the love of my life. That was like basically the abridged version. Now I feel really. That bad. was the abridged on the spot version. Yeah, it was but great. Yeah. I was like going around being like, people have said this before, right? And they're like, no, Steph. It's all you. It's all, all you. And you. by the way, it's not that you amazing. You own the lactose intolerant <laughs> dick sucking corn uh, of the market on you cheese jokes, gluten jokes, <laughs> dental jokes. What else? Stephanie had um, like really bad, uh, had like a really bad teeth thing for like, like a, year. a year. And so I was kept telling her she needed to make... Uh, like a joke book for uh, about it like dental surgery dental jokes surgery, and it would just be in every dentist's office across america that's like, like it was like a really cornered market how many dentist offices are there how much do i not care about writing jokes about dentists I know. <laughs> you just had so much material <laughs> i mean it was mostly just about my friends trying to take my pills from me and knowing who my true friends were <laughs> do you need someone to babysit you or come watch a movie with you also do you have any percocet like <laughs> Cool. Fair. <laughs> are you my friend or are okay. you a drug addict? So taking Unclear. a hard right. Um, yeah. Curious about <laughs> your... <laughs> like, that is important. I was just listening, you know. The uh, rituals you have or practices that like support your writing that aren't exactly what you do to write, but like what keeps you aligned so you can stay on that creative path? Um, shit. What? Like I know well, you travel Like meditating Yeah I meditate food. twice a day Cool uh, I've been doing that for a year and a half Are straight Are you a TM person? I do Vedic But it's basically the same thing yeah. It's just like a different brand mm-hmm. uh, Which different is interesting A different price range <laughs> 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 <Just kidding. laughs> yeah, no, it's, um, I think similar price range <laughs> yeah. Uh, But uh, yeah I mean that's been really helpful uh i like go to yoga a lot i go to moto yoga la love hot yoga hi dina and emily yeah yeah i love them and just the intention that they bring to their studios um and then yeah i definitely travel a lot on my own although recently i've been realizing that i want to create more roots and so i'm going to make some different decisions you know in terms of uh, creating more time in LA and, uh, and then, you know, I just try to read and, and, you know, watch great movies or great television or, um, you know, I love entertainment. I got to see Dave Chappelle at Radio City in New York recently, which was awesome. Um, you know, there's a lot of artists that really inspire me. Kendrick Lamar, uh, you know, Lynn manuel Miranda, Louis C.K., uh, you know, so I, I look out for those types of people that are in different genres than mine, and uh, that usually will give me a spark. What can we expect? Uh, expect the Hard unexpected. Hard sell. Uh, but it's also going to be an incredible night. We have two amazing poets as special guests. 
Javon Johnson, who won the national championships three times and has been on Deaf Poetry, and Gina Loring, uh, who was just basically like the poetic voice for De La Soul's new album. She's been on Deaf Poetry Jam. And uh, both of them are incredible. Then we have an amazing artist named Simmel who's going to come up and do something. And afterwards, we have special guest Mike Posner, who is just an unbelievable artist in person. And Michigan he's gonna guy. Share, exactly. He's going to share uh, something new. And then, you know, I'm not going to give away what his, what his thing is going to be, but it's going to be awesome. And, uh, and then I'll come up and do a full set, which will be like an hour and 15 and it has like stories in between and jokes and context for the poem and crowd participation and conceptual through line. And it's meant to lead the audience in a certain place. And we're filming it with 11 cameras and a 30 foot crane. And uh, <laughs> we want this to be a really, really special night, a poetry party. And you're all invited. Where can people get tickets? Uh, at in-q.com. Okay. So in-q.com. Dope. And all the information is on there. And I think we're going to do a fun ticket giveaway on our Instagram, guys. So oh my pay God. attention, please, yes. to that. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> didn't I didn't say thank you, you yet. Thank you. Oh, you said thank you. <laughs> you know what's funny? That's, is really that's so there's funny. There's many, thank many you. times when people have been like, have been like, hey, and I'm like, I'm in queue. And they're like, you're welcome. <laughs> no, like it's many, real. many times. Our friend Hale and I, we always go inks instead of thank you, instead of thanks. Uh-huh. So it like kind of sounds the same. So that rem- it reminded me of that. That makes sense to everyone else listening. Um, Hale does And it. tell us where we can find you online. Uh, well, for all things. Instagram, it's just I-N-Q life. And, uh, and then the website, you know, for shows or any information or new videos that we're putting out, just sign albums? up on the Marin list. How do you people listen to you when you're not doing their live podcast? I highly recording? recommend a you deep YouTube stuff. De- okay, yeah. yeah, there's YouTube stuff. There's some stuff on Spotify. Uh, and what's that yeah. song you remember? I was in a restaurant. I was like in a restaurant, and I was in the bathroom, and there was like a yeah dark it's called beat. Good life. Yeah, and it's by Zoo. It's amazing. And Zoo is a dope, dope EDM artist. He was nominated for a Grammy last year, I think, or the year before. And um, yeah, so I did a poem over one of his records. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> did you I was like, I know voice? that guy. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wild. <laughs> it was That's really cool. pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, it was rad. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Inq. My pleasure. We can't thank wait you. to see you September 16th at the Ace Theater. Inq. Inq. Inq as well. <laughs> It's time for RST, those stems and leaves. It's time for RST, those stems and leaves. Who's down with RST? The T is our ladies. Elizabeth and Steph are gonna tell us how they're feeling now. Guess what time it is? Roses and thorns. Hello. Okay. Obvious thorn? Hello. Do we just start with the obvious thorn and go like surface level, which was kind of what our roses are at? I trust your impulse, babe. Okay. Clearly worse for first. We have to say what is going on in Texas and the surrounding areas is heartbreaking. Uh, really? Truly. I think the only thing we can do with that will help us feel a little less helpless in donate. witnessing this scenario is donate. Let's so donate. we text Harvey to nine zero nine nine nine. It's the Red Cross. You give ten dollars from your phone. It's super easy. And I, if all of us donated ten dollars from that's a retrograde alone. We'd have like a lot of money. Like a lot. 
like more than six numbers. We don't, we're not going to reveal the exact number, but let's just say we're number 64 in the health category on iTunes. So it's so a lot of listeners. You guys, we have pull and, and <laughs> we should all be getting, coming together and doing what we can. $10 isn't a lot. It's two coffees. It's one sandwich. It's one juice. Not a big deal. Yeah. So, um, but just want to send love to everybody affected with the catastrophe that's going on there right now. And let's all do what we can to help. Thorn. That's, that's enough. With a hopeful yeah. stem. Yeah. To switch the tone a yeah. little bit, some Rees for the retrograde. Yeah. If you're still with us, that if is. If you're still with <laughs> us, um, we have some fun required beauty products. Zero people are still listening. That we love. <laughs> One of which is Uli's ointment, which is like a, I want to say it's like an olive oil based solve. Ooh. That is so good. You know, my rose of this Uli's ointment. Do tell. Is that Elizabeth? Is of the two of us, Elizabeth is the more um, clean one, <laughs> I would say for sure. Also, the more like um, reserved and more proper. And you know, I go around just shoving my lip gloss in anyone's face, letting anyone's dirty finger just swipe that swipe pot, that thing. throw it on. I just want everyone to be happy and moisturized in the mouth. Elizabeth, on the other hand, not so much. So we had a thing in our friendship like a year ago where I went to go put my finger in her little lip gloss pot and she goes, are your hands clean? And I was so offended. She was so mad. But I like, was like pissed off. I was like, that- no, they were just in my fucking asshole. It's like <laughs> I was angry as fuck. And then this last time when she took out her Uli's, I put my finger in it and I looked at her with that like, look of a child that's like am I gonna get in trouble and she just looked me back and didn't say anything and I was like this is a huge gross I like gave it up <laughs> and so she gave it to me so that's why I love Uli's the most because oh, it good. bridged a gap in our relationship I'm so please <laughs> um but we had a giveaway on Instagram amazing and we had three winners Natalie Gabriella and Monique we At reached Nat out Thompson, to you guys 531 and um so let oh, us know how that. you like it because we Love this product so much. And thank you so much uh, for putting this on our radar. Let us know how it's helped you bond with your friends. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Another, we'll say go to required eating. Okay. Zupa Noma. Ooh, cold soups in a bottle. From a listener. Yummy. Started this brand out of California. I was actually, when I was in New York this week, I saw it in like this little market and I was like, oh, cool. Do you feel like you discovered them when you saw it? (laughs) Always. And it's just these really delicious low calorie although we hate to say that but yummy serving like single serving soups that kind of look like it's in a juice but it's like a veggie heavy soup and it's like a delish snack and so shout out to Zupanoma and shout out to our listener who created that brand we love listeners who create stuff it's really really good too yeah speaking of listeners who create stuff uh required reading two rewords um there's this really cool book that was sent us by our listener abby stern wrote a book called according to a source and it's so good it's a fun like it's fictional like, read that takes place in la and it's just this cool story of this girl who's in her late 20s who has a come to jesus moment about things she's doing with her life and she just turns it all around and it's all about like celebrity culture and public relations and but also being truthful with yourself and in your heart and i read it in literally like 48 hours it's a really I, I got halfway through and then I started reading that social media book and how it's ruining our lives so I'm like I, I was on the more. road so I was like <laughs> voraciously like I need to consume but anything I'm, I'm so planning to finish it 
Labor Day weekend. And you guys, we're going to do a giveaway for that on Instagram, too. So follow us at So Retrograde. Yeah. And check it out. And it's pink, so, so obviously it's it good. it looks cute. Yeah. Um, and then one more. Speaking of things we're super into, there are roses. Playa Natural Hair Care is this line that's relatively new, that's all natural, beautiful hair care line based out of Venice. And we're going to give away the entire collection, which is four products, which is all you need. I want to actually it's five products. And um, all you got to do is do a post on Instagram about your favorite TSR episode and tag us and at, tag us and at Playa. And uh, you're entered to win. That makes sense. Does that make sense? I think it does. It could be, you can do a favorite TSR episode throwback or you're listening to that retrograde and like where that you're doing as a result of the things that we've talked about basically post about so retrograde yeah so other people see we are it thirst traps and we're <laughs> thirsty as fuck you hear that okay um wait there's i watched a really funny side rose yeah. um eliza schlesinger has a show that's on freeform called truth and eliza and she interviewed norman lear you know who that is yes the um tv guy yeah creator yeah. of like a, a lot of amazing shows and she was going through and telling him uh, things about things that millennials talk about and she's like have you ever heard of a thirst trap and then this nine-year-old man is just like thirst trap thirst trap no what is that and she explains it and he's like oh I know what that is but that's not a very good way to describe it <laughs> did he have a better alternative uh, yeah but I forget but check out truth and Eliza guys yeah <laughs> it's good and, then, and another show I got into last night disjointed on Netflix oh I want to watch Kathy that Bates, mm-hmm. Chuck Lor- it's Chuck Chris Lor- Red phenomenal it's so funny it's like a single cam comedy show with uh that takes place in a dispensary yeah it's a netflix like like sitcom basically yeah yeah yeah. it's great loved it so much so you know we're providing both sides of the coin here we're giving you guys some poetry to make you think some calls to action to help the world around you and also some stuff to like smoke a bowl and watch tv with so i watched the season finale of game of thrones four times right somebody needs a date well that's a, that's a different episode. My Rose, Jon Snow and Khaleesi, they're fucking. <laughs> My Thorn, they're related. My Rose, I don't care. Perfect. <laughs> you just summed the show up for me. I don't even need to watch it anymore. All right, you guys. We hope this retrograde has been um, Illuminating? not devastating for you all. But I feel like everyone I know is going through it so hard. Literally, so there aren't enough vibes. hours in the day for me to handle what I'm going through and what all my friends are going through. <laughs> I need a retreat. Exactly. A retreat. Um, <laughs> well, I wish everybody a safe and super fun Labor Day. Merry retrograde. Merry retrograde. It's over September 5th. We're not even going to acknowledge the shadow, but uh, you guys know. You listen to the show. Anyway, uh, thanks to InQ for being here and namaste listening. Bye. Yes, that's a retrograde.